Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another frustrating, aggravating, and defeated episode of the Assembly Call. Today, your Indiana Hoosiers uh, play Purdue in the great rivalry game, game that's many expected to be a good one, hopefully a one where Indiana comes back and wants to fight and play well and amidst rumors of a big halftime event. Um, very exciting to come into this game, but the Indiana Hoosiers eventually fall in this game to lead us to 15 and eight on the season, five and seven in the big 10, dropping us lower in those big 10 standings. Again, the game I believe started with uh, some good back and forth play, uh, Indiana playing inside. Well, uh, unfortunately Purdue was continuing their hot hand that they had from the Iowa, uh, game previously. And we're hitting a lot of good shots from the outside, a uh, decent surge in the end of the sec, uh, excuse me, first half leads IU to tie the game 28 to 28 with three minutes left in the half. Then sadly, IU goes to uh, not score a single basket for the final three minutes of the uh, first half, leading that the half score of, of 37 to 28. Then just kind of more of the same in the second half. Uh, IU uh, going through little droughts here and there. Uh, not playing well, allowing Purdue to get up to a sizable lead, double-figure lead, uh, 15, I believe, even at one point. Uh, then with just uh, nine minutes uh, to go and play, some good in-and-out play, good ball movement, uh, crowd gets back into it, and uh, we're able to get the game within six, 56 to 50. Uh, but then back-to-back empty possessions puts Purdue back up uh, by 11 Poor shot, shot selection by IU, uh, a little bit of, of try at the end, a little bit of fight from Al Durham. But uh, in the end, uh, sadly, uh, IU falls in, in what was very much uh, almost a must-win game for the Hoosiers. Uh, I'm your host today, Chat Mob Chad. I'm here with a new face to the Assembly Call post-game show, uh, Noah Freeman. He's from the Indiana HQ, and you'll find him on Hoosier Sound as well. Uh, we are today's guest hosts because Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach are all in Bloomington. They were there in attendance today's game, so we can blame some of it on them, I believe. Uh, they are now heading over to Switchyard Brewing to prepare for a live post-game show there. So if you are in Bloomington, make sure you stop by Switchyard. Uh, in the meantime, we're here to break down all the angles of today's game. And let's start the show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. Uh, Hoosier Proud Banner Moment, you can kind of guess on this one. This game was always going to be a big one. The rivalry always runs deep and transcends generations with this game. Uh, this game obviously had another level to it. This was a star-studded game. We had uh, Mark Cuban, Sage Steele in attendance, uh, Dickie V coming in to call the game. Uh, so many ex-players were there. Isaiah Thomas, Quinn Buckner, Scott May, Pat Knight, uh, the 1980 team, Tijon, I think I even saw a picture of. Uh, Priller, the thriller, I think even said that he was going to be there. I saw posts. Uh, future players were in attendance, people that have signed their letters of intent, and uh, many recruits. Uh, as well as the whole assembly call crew, Hoosier hysteric. So there's a lot of lead up to this one. Uh, but the one person in attendance that was rumored all year uh, was the appearance and return of Coach Bob Knight. It had been kind of a heated topic for many critics uh, criticizing his return, but the majority were excited for this moment to happen. Uh, for me, I'm happy to be able to see him get a chance to have a curtain call moment at assembly hall. Yes, it was sad the way things turned out at the end of his coaching career at IU. But the thing 
The things that that IU accomplished in the 70s and 80s under his lead will live in college basketball infamy. Um, IU basketball is a program that takes a lot of pride in the five banners that are hung in assembly hall. And it would be wrong to not allow this moment to happen with many of those banners being hung by night. So at halftime, Bob Knight slowly made his way onto the court for the first time in 20 years, a man showing his years as his health has been declining. As he gets to midcourt to cheers of Bobby from the crowd, coach looks kind of cautious. Then the former players that were on the court made their way to his side, embracing him, many with tears in their eyes. And I'll admit that I had some tears in mine as well. Uh, And then, and that was kind of when you saw emotion hit Coach Knight. A man that is known to often hide his emotions is brought to near tears. The crowd chants, thank you, Coach. And you can feel Coach Knight's Coach Knight relax and put aside the fears that the fan base didn't want him there. Coach Knight raises his hands and yells, play defense, Uh, later leading the crowd in chants of defense after playing around with Dickie V on the sideline. Coach teams back to his own self, playing around on the court with other players. Coach then slowly made his way off the court as the weight of this moment settles and the lingering, unfinished business finally settles in Assembly Hall. Thank you, Coach Knight. Thank you for coming back again. Thank you for taking that curtain call. We can all uh, be happy. Uh, And of course, this banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, which was founded by an IU grad and remains based in Indianapolis. If you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on over at Homefield Apparel, you really need to go to their website, homefieldapparel.com, as soon as you can to check it out. Homefield still has incredibly comfortable Bison logo hoodie, which is made out of their soft tri-blend material. And in addition to the Bison hoodie, they have their classic IU Basketball Champions t-shirt, the Indiana script, and the vintage sneaker design, which is available in the traditional cut, three-quarters sleeve cut, and the women's cut. And uh, you will also find a handful of football-inspired designs and even the assembly called T-shirts and hoodie. All of their designs uniquely feature logos that date back to the days of Branch McCracken. And every item they sell is incredibly comfortable and maintains its comfort even after you wash it. This is why we love Homefield Apparel, and we know that you will too. And because you're Assembly Call listener, you can get a massive discount when you order your when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout, and you will get 20% off your entire order. That's everything in your shopping cart for 20% off with the promo code ASSEMBLY20. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for your entire order, for 20% off your entire order today. Okay, so now it's time to move the ball and find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, Noah, kind of what are your thoughts going uh, of, of IU's uh, disappointment today? Well, first, it's it's just great to be on here with, with you and uh, be able to share uh, just what a day this was. And of course, I, I wish this was under better circumstances, obviously. And um, the, the despite everything that happened today and just what a crazy week and, and basically just where to start um, this 
leading up to this game. And then, of course, that that uh, incredible banner moment today that I, I think all of us have been waiting for for a really long time. But basically, I think for, for my opening thoughts, you you summed it up the best that this was, I guess, not technically to 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 the actual definition must win game, because technically they still have eight more games left and they've got a Big Ten tournament to make a splash. But this was basically a, a, as much of a must win game as as you could have it going into home um you've you've got a Purdue team that was really streaky on the road they they don't really score a lot of points on the road yes the last couple of games for them have been incredible for them but um and this is now the last time I'm ever going to do this if you ever follow uh, Indiana HQ Hoosier Sound podcast I I never put out my thoughts I'm not like Jared every every week or so I'll put out hey I got a great feeling about this game but today was the first time that I was like hey I really have a good feeling about this game they they're on their their longest losing streak for for the entire season three game losing streak they've uh they've had a week to stew in this this year they've got different leadership now we'll talk about that as as we get into it a little more specifically but uh you've got a guy like joey brunk um uh, which his off the court leadership we've been able to see the all of the stuff he's done in practice and how basically he's he's not going to let this team quit at least off the court and uh you, you put that with with a week to kind of stew and everything hopefully um uh, just a, a shadow of, of any of, of this team that you had in late January, early February would just um, all of those circumstances boiling up and home game. You, you've got a crowd that uh, especially against like the, the Michigan state game and almost the Maryland game was basically a crowd that wasn't going to let this team lose. And it was just, it was feeling like a good day. Then a few hours uh, coming up to the game kind of last night into this morning, you, you, you got the the rumors that, Hey, Coach Knight might actually be able to come to the game again today. Now, of course, we we heard that that coach might have might be coming to a couple games previously, but there was a different feel of this. Dickie V was able to talk about that, and then just building up to all of this was just going to be this final culmination of a game. They were going to uh, hopefully win this Purdue game, get back on track, get back in everything, and then it was the game started out. It was okay, and then I think it was just a roller coaster of emotions, and then just kept going downhill like we've seen the past few games, the past few weeks for this team. And it was honestly, it, it was just, I think to sum it up, it was kind of just disappointing with um, what, what we've been seeing from this team the past two, two and a half weeks. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. And I, I, you started to lead into something there that maybe we can attack now is that this team is still, you didn't see that emotional leader. Um, uh, you, you hoped, uh, like you alluded to, that, that Joey Brunk was going to be that guy. Joey Brunk with the timeout, uh, the time off, uh, being an Indiana guy, being playing at Butler. He's even said going into it that he knew the weight of this game. And uh, while he had some decent minutes and, and put up some decent numbers um, within the game, he didn't seem like he was that emotional force. Um, he only brought down three rebounds on the day, uh, scored eight points, played 24 minutes. He, he wasn't fired up. You didn't really see anyone that, that was fired up getting in everyone's face, uh, uh, being that leader. Um, where do you think that lacked? What, what do you have any thoughts of, of, of where that could come from or, or what's, what's happened to that? First, I think I'll preface our, our entire show that uh, it's probably going to be a, a very redundant show from the past few games. I think anything we say is basically what all, all the guys have said the past few games because it, 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 that's what it's been. It's been it's been the same performance, the, the same emotion, the same execution, everything the past uh, few games. And exactly like you said, you, you would have hoped that uh, a guy like Joey Brunk would at least be able to emotionally lead uh, 
the, the team on the court. But um, I, I liked a lot of the minutes we, we, we got from him, but specifically with the leadership on the court, you didn't necessarily see too much from him. You didn't see anyone get fired up and you could go through this entire list. I could name every single person. And I don't think there was many people that were uh, even close to being sort of emotional on, on the floor. And I think what Hoosier fans really want to see at the moment right now is just you make a big play, you get really excited about it and you just have fun with basketball. And it's kind of going down to just as, as simple as just having fun and getting into the game and, and just getting amped up for, for the, the, the spotlight on you. It's, it's another, again, like I said, a home game against Purdue. The crowd of course is obviously there. They're talking about how expensive and ridiculous tickets are on, on the broadcast and uh, just just didn't come to show. And I think almost the, the way that I'm talking, just the loss of words is just kind of how frustrating and disappointing this season has been because again, it's, it's going to be a broken record where you talk about the, these upperclassmen and we just talked about Brunk, but um, Justin Smith, if you put him up there, we saw a stretch from him at the end, but he's never going to be that emotional leader. Al Durham, he's a co-captain, but haven't seen much from him either on the play or, or in a leadership stance, at least on the court. Um, going down the list, Devonte Green. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be an on-court leader per se, but um, sometimes he can lead w- with the play. But when he got a performance with three points from him, and his first shot basically at the beginning of the game was a three-pointer, and then uh, it seems like he went zero from fifteen at least after that. And then you got a guy from Deron Davis, another upperclassman that just hasn't been able to get on the court. Only saw five minutes. Now it was a great five minutes, but it wasn't what this team needed. And uh, a loss for words, disappointing yeah, uh, it's, performance, and yeah, it's it's a team. It's a team where we've looked for. We've tried to find consistency. We've wanted consistency out of this team, and sadly, the consistency we're getting is n- bad consistency. It's it's yeah. not what we want to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, I might try to bring him in right here. Let's we'll see if he's got a good signal or something. Jared's trying to uh, join us as he's making the walk to a switch yard. He might have a good signal. We might be able to Can hear, hear him. Yeah, we got you. We got you there. So what what were your thoughts being there? Um, it obviously it seemed from the television uh, broadcast, at least, that Purdue did a good job of taking the crowd out of it. The crowd wanted to be active, but uh, couldn't find reasons. The team didn't give give the give you guys reasons to get going. No, they didn't. You know, that that game definitely did not go as planned. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that I noticed being there in person is everything Purdue does offensively is in rhythm. And their guys are quick and they cut hard and they, they seem like they know what they're doing and everything for us offensively is hard. And sometimes it feels like we're figuring it out <clears throat> inside of a possession. And there's just such a stark contrast between those two things. And we were just never really able to get into a rhythm. Um, and then, you know, I thought, you know, once we got it to 56-50, Indiana's making a little run with that small lineup. And we had two opportunities to cut it to four. Trace had a shot inside. Jerome had a shot inside. We missed it. They went down the other end, and I think either Thompson or Boudreaux, one of those guys, hit a three-pointer. And you could just kind of feel that felt like the last gasp for Indiana. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, there were some 50-50 balls, some tough rebounds. They were just quicker to them. And, you know, it was just – it was very disappointing uh, being there, watching it. You know, hats tip to Purdue. They played really well. They made plays, and you know our guys just couldn't do it. So, here I got I got Coach and Andy here with me. You guys want to? Hey guys, hey guys. Coach, you want to? Hey Chad, how's how's it going? Good, buddy. Good. Tough show for you today. Uh, Yeah, thanks, guys. But uh, now I got to walk past. No, I think it's a guard issue, guys. I I think the guards aren't playing as well as they can, maybe, or 
I'm not sure that they're maybe good at all right now. So you got to have guards in college basketball to shoot the three to get the ball to uh, to players. I'm crossing the street here dangerously. <laughs> uh, a little more successful than IU in crossing that street. But um, I, I think it just comes down to guard play. And, um, you know, people are going to say who's responsible for that. It's either the players or the coach. It's really at both people. They, they got to play better at the guards. And that's my takeaway. And you live for a, another day and go get Iowa. Yep. I'll pass yep. it over to Andy. He's probably got right. something better than I do right now. All right. And Andy, let me let me ask you a question before before you say what your statements are. Being someone that hasn't been to a game yet this year with this team, um, did you notice anything that you haven't seen uh from from watching it on tv like uh, uh, anyone talking uh players talking with each other any any anyone stepping up being more of a leader or did it all look pretty flat during dead balls what what did you see uh that you haven't seen watching it on tv yeah there were there were a couple times i felt like jerome was was kind of trying to fire guys up coming off the court but i think we all remarked coming out of the locker room and, and obviously with everything that went on at halftime it was just kind of a odd vibe in the whole place but uh, just kind of coming out you just didn't feel like they had a lot of emotion didn't have a lot of juice didn't have great body language and just not really uh nobody really dialed in like al at a time or two would kind of get a little emotional but in general it's just continues to not be a very emotional team and uh and in terms of other just kind of running through the game stuff i mean if you watch how hard Purdue cuts on offense and how IU cuts and runs through sets on offense. I mean, it, it, I think Jared mentioned something neither, but at the very least to us walking back, like it's almost like it's a different game. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Just not, not much of a sense of urgency as cliche as that is to sound, but coming back after having a week to get ready in a game that I think you guys categorized pretty well is what felt like a, a must win or, close to that just didn't really have enough urgency excitement and uh anything else so uh, i don't know that i have a whole lot of other thoughts and i think that stretch i think jared alluded to it as well we were texting during the game it's 56 50 iu has the ball twice and that's an area of the chance to cut three or four didn't convert and um and and every time iu made a run somebody on purdue would make hit a three make a good play um so credit to them for that, but it was a it was a disappointing kind of unspirited effort throughout. I would say. Yeah, yeah, tough, tough, tough game. Uh, updating people that are just tuning in and stuff. The guys are walking to Switchyard Brewing right now. If you're in Bloomington, try to make it to them. Uh, Boys, it is snowing right now. Hey. <laughs> and look, I know that game was not a good one, but we got a beautiful February day. We're going to Switchyard, so if you're listening live, come join us. And Bob Knight came back to Assembly Hall. Mm-hmm. So that will be the enduring memory from this game because I plan to purge all other memories as soon as this first game show is over. Because I frankly never want to think about it again. <laughs> so, Jeez. yes. All right. Well, but, thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for, yeah, uh, for note. yeah thanks for, thanks for joining. Thanks for giving your uh, input guys. We always like to hear from guys that are there at the game uh, and, and see what they have going on. And so, yeah, again, join them at Switchyard if you can guys uh, watch yourselves crossing the street and, and podcasting. Um, I think uh, we're we in will. this, in this first segment here that we have coming up, we will continue to break down Indiana's loss to Purdue. I will uh, point out some meaningful moments you might have missed 
and then we will go inside the numbers and to highlight some of the more important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to Assembly Call. Stick with us. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Brian, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. All right. Thank you, Christian Watford. You are a player, obviously, we would love to have had in that game today. Um, you are listening to the assembly call IU post game show. I am Chad Schwartzkopf here with Noah Freeman of the Indiana HQ. And we are filling in for uh, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach today, breaking down Indiana's loss against Purdue. Uh, They are currently in Indiana for their annual pilgrimage. We just heard from them before we went to break uh, back for the IU game. They are on their way to Switchyard Brewing. In fact, I have seen some reports just recently on Twitter that Coach is running down the street near Assembly Hall chasing, chasing his wife. I'll chase her all the way from Assembly Hall to uh, Switchyard. Watch watch it there. It's starting to snow. Coach, you might lose your footing. Uh, it's kind of t- time right now for uh, meaningful moments you might have missed. Obviously not the uh, greatest thing to try to have to do uh, in, in a loss, but there were some chances where IU did have some time uh, and chances to get back in this game. Uh, after the first time out, uh, Devontae Green and Jerome Hunter came in for the first possession uh, that they were in, led to a turnover between the two of them. Uh, bad pass between them uh, leads to uh, Purdue to score. Uh, then uh, from there, IU has some good defensive stands, and those two guys make two three-pointers to bring IU back close uh to the lead, actually in the lead, 11 to 13. So that was kind of a good moment where IU brought it back within in the game and kept it competitive in the uh, first half. Then uh, with five minutes left in the first half, uh, crowd was kind of out of the game. Purdue was doing a good job of doing that. Uh, out of the timeout, uh, Trace Jackson Davis is double teamed and he finds an open Jerome Hunter who uh, hits a 15-footer and brings IU back within one. Then a good defensive possession on that end uh, from a Purdue miss. Uh, then Devontae Green drives, does one of Devontae's things, but Trace Jackson Davis was there in an aggressive stance, uh, collects and puts the ball back in, bringing IU uh, up 25-28. to 28. Crowd gets back in it. Uh, another defensive side uh, leads uh, to – a feed to Trace Jackson Davis on the post. He gets double team and fouled, uh, putting both uh, field goal or both free throws in out of that next timeout. Actually, that was when IU went up uh, 28. Sadly, that was the last point they scored in the first half and then led to uh, Indiana uh, down like they were ending the uh, first half. Noah, any other uh, meaningful moments you want to hit from this game? I got I got a small one and a big one. The small one was um, Deron Davis in his limited minutes there. I really liked what what I saw from him in the five minutes. You got a, a lot of really good defense down low, and then what you you never see from Deron is he had he had hands. He uh, right after a couple de- defensive stops, um, it looked like Purdue had gotten a defensive rebound, and then uh, Deron comes in and pokes the ball out, and then. Uh, 
maybe a little bit of a, a questionable call by the refs on, on who it bounced off, but he jumps up and, and throws it on, on, under Purdue's legs and then it bounces off and um, goes out of bounds in its IU's ball to, to, to get another chance at the basket because it didn't seem like they had almost any uh, real chances compared to Purdue at, at this game offensively. But uh, the biggest one that, that I was really hoping would just hammer home coming down the stretch was uh, at, at the 1230 mark when um, Indiana was down 16 and at that point the the, the largest deficit for them but uh, Jerome Hunter hits a three and I felt like that could have been the um, the, the, the spark that they needed and, and it ended up being it because because he got a three they got a defensive stop Justin Smith after a couple moves made a basket down low Purdue makes a basket but then Rob hits a three Purdue travels Trace Jackson battles down low makes a couple free throughs then after a couple misses on both sides Justin then goes down low um, makes another shot and that's where they went on their 10 and two run they were and then they were down six that was the the point that the guys were referencing 56 to 50 in about three and a half minutes they were able to uh, squash that that deficit but um, I, I think I almost don't even want to touch that 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 last uh, seven or eight minutes of, of the game because it was just it was a ro- like like I was saying earlier, a roller coaster of emotions. You get really excited, and that was a point where everyone was getting really excited, and then almost nothing went um, positive from from there on out. From about eight minutes left in the game. Yeah, and and I mean, going away from the meaningful moments and talking about the uh, lineups were kind of up and around, mm-hmm. uh, mixing up different plays, and they had good success when we went with the uh, three and four uh, uh, duo of Jerome and Justin. Uh, Jerome had a pretty decent game uh, playing the few shots he rushed and in, in, in three, but we did better, better movement and better ball play with those guys in there. Uh, what do you think of that lineup? Did you, uh, do you think they had better success? Did you like the bigger lineups? What, what did you like out of the lineups today? It was kind of weird because um, you, you just said talking about uh, if I like the bigger lineups or not. And the game started out with um, actually some some really good defense and offense from both Joey and Trace down low. And then and I feel like that just kind of unraveled on on both the offensive and defensive side for the Hoosiers. And it kind of just swung that way to to Purdue for basically the, the, the rest of the game minus Trace. Um, being able to, to, to do what he does and score ultimately scoring 16 points by the end of it, of couple garbage time points but um i you you look at the points in the paint margin and uh except for again like i said the garbage time points purdue had 28 points in the paint to i use 20 which was more like 16 by by the end of it and um when, when you pair that with a rebounding margin of 29 to purdue and 28 to indiana that was it was something that that was kind of weird i felt like at times it was working but i felt like overall it wasn't just because um Purdue, of course, has a, a bunch of big guys that they were able to go to. But um, you, you look at one side where Duran was able to uh, lock down. Um, excuse me, you're able to lock down Williams for a while, and then you've got Bordreau that wasn't able to do too much, uh, minus I guess the beginning and then the very end. And then you've got Harms that came in and um, didn't too much except for uh, the that five straight points that was really at least important for them. But then. Um, again, like I said, you go back to the points in the paint and I don't feel like Indiana won that battle. And then you go to the, uh, the small ball side where they, they, like you said, they were able to make that run and come back. But (laughs) then you go back to the specific guard play that we've seen just time in and time out these last four games plus, and when you've got a guy like Al Durham that went two for six, um, and basically I feel like if it wasn't for the last two minutes, didn't score any points at all. And you've got Rob Finnessy, two for four, Devontae Green, one for seven, um, it's, it's hard to get some of those smaller lineups and 
it, it was nice to see Jerome Hunter have a couple sparks there. And then Justin Smith of about 10 minutes of uh, looking like, um, I guess, Michigan State light Justin Smith at, at points. But uh, even with some of those, and I, right now I'm doing the best I can to try and find just any glimpses of, of good things because it's hard to talk about the, the poor things because we could just un, unleash a, a waterfall of, of how poor this game went and um, I don't know. Go, going specifically to guard play, though, Chad, I had a question for you. And Andy was talking about emotions and, and, and everything on on the floor. Um, why didn't we see any um, specifically from Al? You saw the very end of the game, the hustle that that he had, and, and how he was attacking the basket and getting after it by the end of the game. Why didn't we see that? Why did it take to going down fifteen, sixteen plus points before seeing some emotion from not just him, but even a, a good portion of the team? Yeah, Al is one that I expected a lot more emotion out of, and and same with Rob. I mean, Rob is a fairly stoic player. We've kind of known that. Um, he he doesn't. You don't see him yell, or he just kind of leads by example and and never gets too boisterous. But yeah, Al is definitely one that you see more emotion out of, and uh, he in more physical games he does tend to get knocked off his game easily. And I believe it, it was loosely called in those regards. And in and, and some instances, um, Purdue was really grabbing a lot of the screenplay IU was trying to do. Um, and the rest were letting that play. I think that kind of takes, takes uh, uh, Al off his rhythm and everything. But uh, in regards to, to Rob, I just, I wonder if there's something going on that we don't know about just because he doesn't feel he doesn't seem right he doesn't it doesn't seem he doesn't he doesn't try to do those drives that we are used to seeing that we've seen before from him he isn't as aggressive as we as we've seen i don't know if he's he's slightly nursing an injury or he's he's playing with a little bit of fear of injury um, but he isn't the aggressive rob that we started to see last year um, that we all got so excited for to, to have this year. Um, I don't know what gets him out of it. Uh, if he needs a hot game to get going, if he needs um, uh, what it is, a yelling <laughs> or what. I, again, I, I do not envy uh, Coach Miller and his staff because it's, it's a hard thing to figure out. Um, how do you motivate these kids? Mm -hmm. Has he tried many different ways? We're not in these practices. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, we could say that he needs to toughen up these guys and he needs to yell at them. Well, maybe he is, and that didn't work. So he's moved on to plan C, D, F, G, who knows where he is on this. Um, is that something that is fixable in this roster? I don't know it it, because we've seen glimpses of, of, of a good team. So it's not like it's not there. Uh, underlying it's just yeah it just, it leaves you with that kind of yeah thought um but yeah the number the numbers are interesting to look at because from the eye test you you would feel like this team wasn't aggressive enough, enough on the board and everything but then like you said the rebounds were just uh 29 Purdue to 28 Indiana and then all yeah, neck and neck with that. And then same with that second chance points. You felt like IU did not do good on the offensive glass and uh, getting those second chance points and everything. But you felt like Purdue was getting every second chance point they could and, and those offensive rebounds. But yet they only had seven points uh, from second chance to IU's 12. So we won that one. Points in the paint, Indiana 11 to uh, 17. Uh, so again, 
it's it's strange when you just try to look at the numbers uh, because the eye test does not tell that story the same. Um, obviously, uh, the three point shooting um, they were doing, our, our guards were struggling uh, with the screens. Uh, getting screened off of guys. Maybe they needed to, some guys needed to help and step up, but I believe a lot of their guards got some good open looks because our, our men were tra- were trailing them and trying to uh, get back. Um, that's where I think a lot of the struggle was. I don't know what, what, what other numbers kind of stick out to you? I mean, well, first with, man, you talked about trailing the, um, as a defender, trailing Purdue coming around those screens. My goodness. I don't, it seemed like there was almost eight, nine, 10 feet in in between a a Hoosier defender at points. And then um, one of the the, the Purdue boilermakers getting open from, um, from the arc. And it was just, I feel like a lot of it was just really slow feet from, um, from from that point and and they just they weren't locked in because at one point I saw um was it, it was it was Devonte was looking like he, he was trying to go left of a screen the, the the screen was coming from from top to bottom not not left to right he was trying to go left around it to get there but then Purdue just easily made, made a quick cut and Devonte was caught behind uh what one of the Purdue centers and they just it was not just in terms of slow physically but they were just slow mentally for um in that capacity and um, then just going into that, I think, uh, w- w- one of the biggest numbers that I had was, um, I think it was Dickie V said that Purdue's three point percentage on the road this year is something around 25%. Yes. And, and they ended up eight for 16, right at, uh, right at 50%. So, and this time, I think that there have been a lot of games recently where it has been, the other team has gotten hot. You, you can attribute to a lot of the other team getting hot with some poor Indiana defense, but today it seemed like it was just poor defense, not getting around the screens, which again, <laughs> all the stuff you and I are saying are, are, are things that we've seen recently. And it's, and we're just more people saying it as, as a broken record. Yeah. And it's, it's the, yeah, we've got to figure out the guard play. They've got to step it up on defense. Uh, The communication was lacking as well. There were many plays where their players would, would drive and uh, uh, the guards would get lost on the screen. So the, like Trace Jackson Davis would try to help as the player continued to drive and the guard would kind of be, uh, would almost recover, uh, but not enough. So Trace Jackson would kind of draw off thinking the guard was back, but he wasn't. And then they'd continue on and they'd get an easy layup. So it's just, it's, 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 it's exasperating because you're thinking we play so horrible. Here we go. We're coming back. We got Purdue. We got the home court. We got the amazing fan base is going to be good. We love the energizing and everything like that. Uh, the, the team answers for that, but it just was not there. The The team did not answer to the, the, the fans uh, energy or uh, uh, anything like that. Um, and just, What's even more frustrating, I'm sorry to cut you off, was that I, this was a, a memorable moment you might have missed in, in in the negative way. At some point in the first half, I, w- I was watching plays develop because Indiana was actually doing a really good job of running plays. I feel like at times they get, they get into ruts where they don't run plays and they just try and shoot things up. But this was in a stretch where they were running plays and <laughs> – this kind of goes to, to to the way the game ended was Trace was, was at the top of the key running his portion of the play. And I just saw him throw him, throw his hands up in confusion about what was going on down low because someone wasn't moving or screening the way they were supposed to. And this is at the beginning of the game. You guys had a week 
to get ready for this game and um, get these plays in order and do everything. And this was this was even at the beginning of the game where all of the hype was for the Hoosiers before they started to break down even more. And if 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 the things are quote unquote clicking relative to this game and they were still confusing, um, it, it it should have been just a precursor to for all of us to see this game is probably not going to end very well. Yeah, I mean, it, looking through uh, more stats of things, uh, Trace Jackson Davis obviously played the most minutes. Um, his play, I felt, was was pretty good. Uh, my complaint with him as, as of recently was his aggressiveness on the offensive board uh, as well as just his, his strength overall. Um, that's, that's being very picky with a freshman player because, again, he is a freshman. He is figuring it out. He is playing in one of the most physical uh, – leagues of of college basketball and uh is playing one of the more tough positions to play as well in 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 the big Ten. so he did okay with the game uh with eight rebounds um took care of the the free throw line that was a great thing to see he was eight for ten on on free throws uh four for nine for his field goal again i think if he just had a little bit more strength when he works on that uh in the off season i think those types of numbers for him will improve uh four assists only had one turnover he had he had some good moments when the double team came finding finding the open man, open man or finding his way out of it which um is going to be a big weapon for him it's something that he's going to have to live with uh in his his college career that's what's going to happen all scouting reports are going to say you got to double that guy uh so uh, he's one that that, that obviously uh, is going to need to improve uh, as he continues on hopefully this year he can find some more of that strength uh and continue on justin smith defensively i think did okay uh with his man i would have liked to see him uh, this was a chance for him to show up uh, rebounding-wise. He only had five rebounds. Uh, I think he got lost in there sometimes running back. I feel like – I don't know if, if if part of the game plan was to watch out for Purdue's uh, fast breaks or something, but I felt like too many guys were running back to get back and set on defense, and we were foregoing the uh, offensive – uh, uh, board too much, um, at least with keeping Trace Jackson and and Justin there. Justin can get back. Uh, Trace can relatively get back, but they can figure it out before he gets back. Um, we need to we need to try to explore doing that a little bit more often um, and and get second chances because we aren't a good shot knocking down team. So balls are going to be coming out of that rim. So we need to be able to get those and, and have more possessions uh, for that percentage to get a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, we talked on Brunk, Rob, Al, uh, Jerome, I think is slowly getting better. We'll see him better. I'm on Franklin 10 minutes. Um, he came in, he had four points. Um, one assist, one turnover. Uh, what did you feel of his game? I, I didn't really notice anything that stood out bad to me. I didn't ne- necessarily see anything that was uh, something that I wanted to laud too much. What, what did you feel like he did today? Well, I I feel like for Armand specifically, I feel like there's got to be something underlying that we just don't necessarily see because uh, you you, t- you talk about the eye test and in terms of the eye test of just watching basketball on the court, you don't see too many mistakes from him. And at this point, it's honestly which guys aren't making mistakes, which, which is not what you want to see. You want to see uh, who, who's making plays. But at this point, which guys are making the fewest mistakes? And Armand isn't making too many mistakes. He only had one turnover in 10 minutes, and yet we don't see very many minutes from him on the court, not just today, but the, the, the previous few games and he's scoring some points. So honestly, 
the, it, it almost seems like a cop-out answer, but I just don't know because we don't see too much from him. And, and I, I'm not sure why he's not seeing the court more than uh, five or 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it's, it's almost, it, it's bad to say something in, the, in this regard to want to throw away some, some minutes of this year, but uh, uh, to prepare for next year. But I think he can grow a lot more uh, if he does see more of that playtime. And I think he is going to be an amazing factor for this team uh, moving forward in the future. So why not within these games like this, that we have guard play that's questionable and, and, and some tough decisions and guys that are, just aren't motivated to get that freshman in there and, and, and give him some play time. Cause I have seen in many games and while I did see a moment where he, he tried to make this pass um, and, and it almost ended up with an out of bounds play. He, he is a player that does a good job of trying to get the ball into trace. He does a good job of uh, lobbing it over, of looking there first. And I think every guard and every player on this team needs to look there first. I don't think very often we do. Um, I think we're busy passing it around the outside before we try to look inside. Uh, but I do see him trying to get the ball in fairly quickly within the possession uh, to trace. And, and I like to see that. And he, he did that specifically at one point in this game that I can remember. And it did not lead to a basket and almost in fact, leaded to a turnover, but it's at least uh, shows that he is following possibly some orders that are coming from the coaching staff that that needs to happen. Uh, so I, I read into that in, in, in those regards, thinking that, Coaching staff wants that to happen and is coaching that, and maybe it's getting lost somewhere in tra- translation uh, within the team. Any other stats uh, before we kind of end this uh, segment that you want to go over? I mean, we could talk for two hours, or or we could just <laughs> through it, and, and, and we could live to fight another day. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's try and live to fight another day. All right, all right. Coming up on the assembly call. We will uh, hand out our game balls. Uh, Let's see if we can figure out that one. That might be a tough one. And hit any other lingering storylines. Look ahead and also look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. Then it will be time for last call. All that is next on Assembly Call. Stick with us. Edwards here, and um, even though I'm teammates with Romeo Langford, we still never going to listen to the semi call. Go Celtics. Oh boy, that guy frustrated you, didn't he? Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while we're th- while you're there, you can go sign up for the free IU email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Chad Schwartzkopf here with Noah Freeman from Indiana HQ. And we are filling in for Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach today, breaking down Indiana's loss against Purdue since they are actually in Bloomington today and we're at the game. Uh, now it's time for usually the easy portion and fun portion of the post-game shows, but often like this one, one of the more frustrating and hard uh, segments, game balls. Um, this is, again, one that's it's tough to decide this one. Uh, many times in the season they have opted, actually once they have opted not to give one. 
Um, Noah, where do you head with a game ball in a game such as this? I mean, like you said, it is pretty tough to give out a game ball just because most of the physical play that your eyes have seen on the court have not necessarily warranted um, something that, that a game ball would be praising you for but I think then in a, another way it's it's almost an, an easy game ball to give out um, for just for Trace Jackson Davis because if you look in into all of the the statistics and go exactly by the numbers first the 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 play you saw on, on the field the eye test you saw um, he, he was the only guy that was giving even uh, just a, a little bit of um, I, I hate to say the word emotion because we don't necessarily what's going on in the players' heads, but just giving you at least something. And then he he led the team in quite literally almost every single category. It's almost mind-boggling. Uh, he got had 16 points most on the team. Um, of course – didn't lead the team in three points, but uh, what you, you wouldn't expect that at all from him. But then led, easily led the team in free throws, uh, tied or no, had the most offensive rebounds, the most defensive rebounds, of course, the most total rebounds. He tied for the most assists. And when Trace Jackson Davis is, is tied for the most assists, you know something else is wrong with four. Um, then he, uh, uh, it, besides a couple of people that played almost no minutes, he had uh, only one turnover compared to everyone else, which is really good. Three blocks, the most tied for the most steals on the team. Um, uh, his it, without Armand Franklin, the second most plus minus. So literally the most minutes on the court too. So I think at least in in, in that way, Trace Jackson Davis is is almost the, the the easy pick yet again this season. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think I've. I've got to go there. If you've got to give one and I'm, I hate in in the world that argues about participation awards, it almost feels like you're giving a participation award and in this, in this regard for this game, but I'll give it to uh, trace Jackson Davis as well. Uh, So trace Jackson Davis uh, had nine before then that's that, Gives, brings him up to 10, uh, Joey Brunk, Brunk with three, Al Durham with two, Devontae Green with two, Rob Fennessy two, Jerome Hunter two, Armand Franklin one, and no one one. Uh, Justin Smith, again, being the only one that we haven't seen from this. Uh, talking about up-and-coming uh, opponents, obviously next uh, next opponent we have coming up will be Iowa. Iowa is uh, – I think, let me see, Iowa is 16 and seven overall. They're fifth in the big 10, currently uh, seven and five. Um, They are currently 17th in the, uh, in the AP. They struggle in the big 10 away uh, with only one win against uh, Northwestern. Like many people do Uh, big losses that they've had have been uh, Penn state, Nebraska, Maryland, Purdue, and Michigan. All those are all their away losses. So uh, obviously coming off a really big uh, loss against Purdue. So uh, going to be a tough one. Uh, obviously, Luca Garza is one of the better players in the Big Ten, someone we, you want to uh, account for in this game. Uh, do you have anything you want to add about this game coming up with Iowa? Not not specifically, because I, I know the guys want to get back in here, and I think they are having luck with being able to do some sort of post-game show at Switchyard. So um, I, I want to be able to give some time for them. But all I'll say is that Indiana HQ, I know I'm a little biased. We we do give really good um, previews on upcoming opponents. So in a couple days, head over to IndianaHQ.com. They do a lot of really good research in there. Check it out, uh, Iowa's upcoming opponent. Then you can also, um, if you don't have any podcasts, we're going to preview it on our podcast Tuesday night at 8.30 live. Live and we'll post it afterwards as well that we can give a little more specifics and talk about it a little longer. 
Great. Fantastic. Well, I'll just finish off then. Uh, one last thank you uh, to the guys over at Homefield Apparel. Remember, because you are an Assembly Call listener, you can get 20% off of your entire order at homefieldapparel.com using that uh, promo code assembly 20. So if you want to get a great deal on most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you'll find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code assembly 20 for 20% off your entire order. Uh, and I think that's it for us on this edition of IU post game show. I know the guys will be going live here in a little bit. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel youtube.com slash assembly call. Don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join the free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hopes again with you Thursday night. Until then, as we always say, Keep your elbows in. Take, Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go and Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come, Mrs. Sony. We saved serious cash with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the money to buy a new boat. Who's ready to water ski? <laughs> This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough for a new boat. They'll probably spend it on rent or gas money or maybe one of those little plastic waiting pools for the yard. Ahoy there! Is what the captain might say on the toy boat in your waiting pool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.